Welcome to the Open House podcast site, available at openhousecommunity.com.au. We live in a world and in cultures vastly different from the world decades, maybe a century ago, where Christian missionaries would set out and simply spread the faith. Most of the time, there weren't questions raised that are raised today about the intersection of faith and culture. There's also the whole dynamic of, well, in a world that's more and more open to religious dialogue and religious diversity, what is it about the Christian faith that sets it out from all the others? In fact, it raises lots of questions. Today, across a vast region of Asia and the Arab world, there are three billion people who've mostly not been reached with the Christian faith. In many of those countries, it's a very tough, risky challenge to try to make that connection. For more than 12 years now, one group, Entheos, has been engaged in this work, dealing with some of these questions. And in the midst of it all, some quite remarkable things have been happening in places, for instance, like China. Craig Gibbon founded Entheos, and he joins us now on Open House. Craig, welcome. Good to be here. Nice to meet you. Craig, it's a very different world, as I said, from a century plus ago. Can we deal with the intersection of faith and culture first? Christian faith has been so much part of our Western tradition for centuries, as other faiths have been kind of enculturated in their nations, in the Arab world, in the Asian world, is it possible to prize apart faith and culture? Yeah, I think so, Lee. I think as Christians, often we're very um, polite and apologetic and, and they're all good values. But I guess at the end of the day, we've got to say to ourselves, what is um, central to our faith? What is critical or crucial about our faith, in fact, the word crucial, I think, comes from the crucifix, um, that we've got to be able to say, if I'm forgiven by God through Jesus, is that something that's just for Western people, or is it something that's meant to be for the world? And it's been my experience and conviction that uh, it is something, if God's offering us his forgiveness through Jesus, then that's a good thing, and it's meant to be for all people, not just for Western people. So that's but there are cultural influences there in any faith, whether it be Christian faith or, or some of the faith that spread through the Arab and Asian world where you work. Yes, definitely culture's there, and we need to be respectful of culture. I think, too, as Christians, we can look at other faiths and see you know, we can observe what's true about other religions. So if they say we need to be wise or we need to be loving, uh, of course we can look at those things and say, well, we agree and the Bible agrees with that and we so we have that in common. Uh, then if we look at the person of Jesus, we see something different or unique and his, the claims about him are different to other faiths. In fact, the, the other major faiths don't really uh, claim to offer the forgiveness of God as as we understand it in Christianity. So that is... I believe, unique, and yet we can look at common things if we want to between Christianity and the other faiths and say, you know, what do we have in common? What common ground do we have to start with? And then perhaps we can move to the uniqueness of Christ from there. Those claims that he made about himself and the faith that you spread through the Arab and Asian world assumes an exclusivity, a primary position for Christian faith as opposed to the other faiths. Is that not an intolerant thing? Yeah, I think intolerance sometimes goes too far. It's of course it's nice to be tolerant, but it almost seems like to me the Christian faith has to kind of, you know, suck its thumb and stand in the corner and be quiet and we can't um be candid uh, about what's central 
to our faith. And it is, you know, at the age of 21, 22, I came to Christ and believed from that point onwards in my life that I was forgiven by God. And so just about each day I have to think about the world and say, well, if there's more than a billion people in China and India and the Arab world, what am I saying? Am I saying if I'm forgiven by God through Jesus, then what am I saying about those huge people groups? Do they need the forgiveness of Jesus like I do? Or is it is it not like that? And I believe that it is meant to be for all people. What is it about Jesus that makes him bigger than culture, bigger than, say, Western culture, or for that matter, the cultures of Arab and Asian nations? Well, he's had a big impact. I mean, history is divided around him with our B.C., and AD. And I'm interested, even as I look at other religions and even study other religions, Gandhi was very conscious of Jesus. If you saw the Gandhi movie, he esteemed Jesus, quoted him. Um, you know, sometimes I was surprised that, you know, why he didn't move closer to Jesus. Um, in the, in the Quran, uh, Jesus is uh, revered many ways and many times. So, um, I think, yeah, Jesus is there in culture. We, Uh, see Jesus in a higher position than other cultures but I don't think we have to apologize for that we just have to say that's that's our belief that's where we're at and you know we like to share it as well actually we take the pattern from John 4 of Jesus when he was with that woman at the well that he was quite um, respectful to her he knew he was God's son but and she was in a pretty lowly position but he chose to come beside her to speak about physical water first nothing nothing religious yet he didn't come up and say hello I'm the Messiah but rather um, he, let's talk about water then he moved the conversation to spiritual water and then ultimately they got to talk pretty deeply about her personal life and that's a kind of model we try and use to get some rapport going with the person irrespective of what faith they've come from trying to establish some common ground ask them about their faith we might learn something nothing wrong with that and then uh, towards the end we say well do you know have you heard much about Jesus before and, and as I say Jesus is pretty well revered around the world the church sometimes isn't so much but Jesus is usually held in quite high regard with any faith and so you, it's fairly easy to get a conversation about Jesus going and if they don't know about Jesus well then you can fill them in on a few things so is it more softly softly than yeah. it would have been a century ago yeah I think that's a good approach to uh, to take I always rem- remember a detective show from the 1970s called Columbo and that detective spent most of the program with the murderer and he'd be well, it was like he was befriending him and, and then he'd be in the kitchen with the murderer and saying, well, this knife on the ground with blood and I don't quite understand it. But he was always friendly and then there was a, an arrest or a conviction at the end. And I, I think, you know, we could learn from that show to be friendly, to be respectful and uh, make bridges for people. Although I've got to say you're less crumpled than Columbo, which is a very good thing, Craig. <laughs> I'm glad. So there are lots of mission organisations that you could have joined mm. 12 years ago. Yes. Why found your own? And what makes Entheos different from the others? Mm. Um, I suppose one one thing for me was in Australia, we tend to, even possibly because of our psyche or our culture, we tend to look at American missions and European missions and think, oh, we're supposed to join them. And it occurred to me if we could put on the best Olympic Games ever in Sydney at that point in history, then could we start a little mission agency? And it would, be, would it be okay if Australians... Um, began to provide some leadership. I think there'd been a few efforts in the past. But, um, yeah, I think for Australians, there is some unique things that Australians have, our, our bluntness, our directness, as long as that's been sanctified. then And we, gentle. We, and gentle. And gentle. Respectful. Yeah, I think there are some unique things that we can offer in leadership. And, and I think that's just the way God had been leading me for um, a long time. And so 
just decided uh, it was the year 2000. I think I turned 40 and I thought, well, I better not leave it too much longer. So we branched out. And for 12 years, God's been blessing us, keeping the doors open. And it's been, it's been a good trip. How does your work differ from the other say, Australian mission organisations. In many ways, we're uh, similar. Um, You know, there'd be some contrast to each of the organisations, I'm sure. We're similar in many ways, and yet, as you look at the task, it's not like when you're out in these vast places in Asia that you bump into too many other missionaries. There's lots of gaps out there, so it always seemed to me like an extra mission agency wasn't going to be a problem because you're not treading on too many people's toes. Lots of space, even for more, I would think, as there are for more churches. Um, as I say, in the, in the team members that come with us, they tend to be, they're Aussies often. We don't only have Aussies, but there's some uh, unique things about Aussies in the way that they approach people. Um, so I think the flavor of Entheos is probably slightly different. And yet there'll be many things, of course, since we're preaching the same faith that are in common with other missions. As you well. do long-term and short-term mission. Talking to other um, organizations, there's a, a tension that uh, I guess 10, 20 years ago, perhaps longer, short-term mission became very popular. So that's been easy uh, to do. And we've had in these 12 years, we've had hundreds of people go to Asia uh, on a short-term basis. Um, for some people, I think the, the danger is that they can substitute, that people can feel like, well, I've ticked that off the list, I've done mission. But we need to encourage people that if short-term is good, then long-term is going to be even better and that's been true for my family and so um, we've as I say hundreds of people short term the the long term contribution hasn't been as strong yet but we're still working on that by God's grace I'd like to focus in as I mentioned in the intro of all the vast work that you do across this area into China there are some amazing things happening in a country that used to be so close to this kind of thing for so long Mm. China's amazing. It just comes to mind of some of the pastors that we've met along the way. And for them, 20 years in prison was like, uh, it's almost like a theological qualification for them. And so to meet people like that, you've really got to um, be respectful and honoring. Um, So yes, God's doing, I think somebody said recently that the church in China today is probably the fastest growing and most significant church since the book of Acts. And in fact, there's a movement out of China and Chinese Christians, uh, I believe it's called Back to Jerusalem, but it's a a missionary movement that they are initiating. And so uh, it's incredible that they're often, I I really notice this with Asian people, they've often got much more humble circumstances than we have to operate. And yet they're a lot more gung-ho very often than we are um, with our faith. And that's very challenging, the way they pray, the way they get hold of the gospel, the way they respond to the gospel. It's very stirring, actually. So, yeah, I think some people say maybe eight, I guess it might be a little bit <clears throat> evangelistic, some people say, but I've, I've heard up to 8% or maybe 10, that's probably stretching it, but somewhere around, if you're going to be a little bit optimistic, I've heard those kind of figures for China in terms of Christian percentage, whereas the most I've heard, say, for India would be 5%. Is it that humility, that faithfulness, that is at work in their faith, which perhaps puts us a bit in the shade. Uh, when I visited India one time and um, a church where people had come from Hinduism, they'd embraced uh, Jesus, but they say that they have, they earn something like a dollar or two dollars a day. And in India, there's no trade unions, there's no um, 
you know, flexi mortgages or MasterCards or whatever. It's just if it doesn't work in terms of your faith, it doesn't work. And so when they pray, they're pretty serious because for most of these people, there's no plan B. And so they pray. And I've had Westerners in rooms where these people are praying, and it really can be very confronting seeing how they pray yes, because yeah. they're very sincere in their faith. Craig, is there one particular story about your work, be it in China or elsewhere, that demonstrates how missions still does work mm. in this day and age. Yeah, as I said before, I'm often challenged about how many students that we can talk to who are willing to hear about God, are willing to hear about Jesus, and even an openness uh, to embrace Jesus. I remember once talking to a, a fundamentalist Muslim comes to mind, a, a fundamentalist Muslim man in the Arab world, and uh, he was very respectful, and even that I was, you know, he thought of me as being religious, so he was respectful of that, that I wasn't a sleazy Westerner, he said, and so he was respectful of that. But he made a really powerful point, which I think most Westerners look at the Muslim world as just being terrorists only kind of thing. But this guy said, um, he said something like, we can come into Australia and build mosques freely, but we don't allow you to come into our country and build churches freely. And he was saying, until we give what we take we're not really a robust faith. And I thought that was a fantastic thing for a guy from the Arab world to be saying and just a wonderful insight that you only really see when you meet people like that, that they are respectful people, they, they love family, they love dignity. And that small element that we see often on the news that's focused on is really an extreme and the majority are much more um, like us and therefore, you know, usually pretty easy to get talking to. Have you got a story of someone crossing that bridge of culture or faith to embrace Christian faith for themselves. Yeah, I can remember many times just being with a student, even someone from Arab background, being with them. And and do you know what's surprising? We think they're going to be so alien to us, but at the end of the day, they recognize like we do that we're not perfect. We want to go to heaven. It's a perfect place. And Jesus is offering the forgiveness of God, which other faiths are not offering like we do so i'm surprised i guess many people are coming to mind who have found it and, and when you say to them would you like to pray a prayer which means you know you can be committed to god you can be forgiven by god would you like to do that uh i've been surprised that many times uh a bit like us they say yes yes i would <laughs> and then they're only too happy to meet other believers in Jesus in their community or culture. It doesn't happen all the time, but I have seen many experiences from each of the cultures we've been talking about today um, where that has happened, that they want, they have wanted to accept Jesus. And it's very encouraging. As I say, not every day, not all the time, but certainly uh, plenty of episodes to keep me encouraged and wanting to keep uh, persevering. Craig, can I ask you finally how you view this work? What's it like for you? Yeah, I'm, I'm often amazed. I mean, obviously coming from Australia where not everyone in Australia thinks that highly of committed Christianity, but you get to some of the Asian countries, they're very hospitable, they're very respectful. And I actually, I mean, before I, I didn't become a Christian until I was 21, 22, and, and by that time in my life I'd tried, I believe, most things. I, I often say I gave non-Christianity a pretty good, pretty good <laughs> shake prior to that. And, and I find being in these countries... Um, the Arab world, wherever it is in Asia, to get to talk to somebody from another faith at the deepest level about Jesus has been, first of all, it's been fairly easy to do, but I'm often amazed. You can be there two, couple of hours talking about Jesus at the deepest level 
from a person from another faith who's not hostile. And, and uh, you know, from my point of view, if I, I haven't found a more personally rewarding or satisfying thing to do in my life than that. And uh, it does just, I often wish that I could share it like this with uh, people in the Western world, that the positive attitude towards Jesus and um, the way it, you know, things are not as hostile as we think. And uh, many, many positive experiences, as I say, of talking to people in Asia from other faiths at the deepest level about Jesus. Just been a wonderful experience. Makes me want to go back for more. What a privilege. Mm, it is. Craig, it's uh, so good to meet you and for you to join us on Open House. We'll put the details up of Entheos on our Open House community Facebook page. Thanks again. Good. Thanks, Lee. We hope you enjoyed this Open House podcast. Thanks to Christian Super and Real World Technology Solutions. To hear more from Open House, visit openhousecommunity.com.au.